You may be seated. Amen. What a privilege to be here tonight. I'm telling you, one of these days we're going to have a building that's insulated enough that when it rains that hard, we won't even know it. Uh, I am grateful that you're here. I am honored that you would fight the elements uh, and you would honor the Lord with your presence. And I don't want to waste your time tonight. I do want to be mindful of that. And I do feel like I have something from the word of the Lord for all of us tonight. What, what do Walt Disney, Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln, Helen Keller, and Oprah Winfrey have in common? Quite an eclectic group of people from different genres and ages, and yet they have one thing in common. They are all known overcomers. Whether it was poverty or learning disabilities or depression or physical handicaps or abuse, they did not let what had happened to them in life or what they met in life stop them from achieving greatness. They did not allow it to define them. Abraham Lincoln is considered one of the greatest presidents who ever lived, and yet for a great period of his life, he battled with severe and chronic depression. Winston Churchill, who was the voice of the Second World War and gave such clarity to his people, And through that clarity gave them courage to fight on against such overwhelming odds. Was a man who himself had to overcome his own learning disabilities. Oprah Winfrey is a household name. Everybody wants to know what Oprah has to say. But very few are aware that she was a victim of serious sexual and physical abuse, but she refused to let what had happened to her in life define who she would be. Walt Disney, many people do not know this about him because when we think of Disney World, we're thinking of cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And you see all of the... The, the the financial resources that are spent every day to keep Disney World and Disneyland and all of the other operations afloat and the hundreds of thousands of people that they employ. And yet Walt Disney had to battle through severe poverty and his first business attempt failed in his efforts to fulfill his dreams. I am here to tell you that there is no malady, there is no physical handicap, there is no learning disability, there are no disadvantages that can prevent 
you and I from overcoming if we learn the right things and we connect ourselves to the right thing. Amen. There's a long line of others that are like them that have battled adversity and they face failure and they've wrestled with limitations, but they refuse to let those things define their life. Amen. I, I want that to sink in to your thinking and your, I want it to become a part of the fabric. If you write anything down, I say tonight, write this down. Be careful what you let define your life. Be careful what you allow to have the power over you and the influence over you because some of us are giving in to things that in reality God put in our life to help us overcome so we could be stronger in our overcoming. Amen. They refuse to be defined by that and they determine what they would become They did not allow that to determine their future. There are evidence to the fact that if we are to be overcomers, then we are going to have to fight our way through some things. And we are going to have to endure some things. And we are going to have to live through some stuff in life. One of the things that I applaud about my father's generation when I consider their life is the fact that they were given so little to work with, and yet they made it work. They came out of depression era. They came out of a severe want of financial resources. But my dad refused to let that define his life, his future, his family, or anything else about what God might have planned for him. And I want to tell somebody tonight, you need to be careful of what you're allowing to define who you are and what you can be and what God wants you to become. Amen. I'm very careful about what I say because, and I'm going to get to that in a moment, but it's because there's a power in that. Amen. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Uh, If you're going to be an overcomer, that in itself insinuates that there's something that has to be gotten over. Amen. We want to be champions without ever having to battle anything. We want to be victors, but we don't want to have to go through any kind of fight. Well, I got news for you, folks. Life is kind of like the old rodeo and the bull rider. I used to I watched those guys and I thought, man, you talk about a pure example of what life does. Life is like that wild bull team and you get on it for the ride. Eight seconds in a very long time, but eight seconds on a bull is like an eternity. Amen. It is. It's, it can seem like forever. And I, a friend of mine that used to do bull riding, I, I tried to get in touch with him because I wanted him to tell me what is the secret to riding the bull? What's the secret to the eight seconds? And I think I discovered it while I was thinking about it all. Every time I've ever seen the bull riding and the bull bronc, all, all, all of those, I've noticed that every time before they open that chute, 
They zoom that camera in on what that man, that cowboy is doing before that gate's open. And he's not going. He's not checking his PDA. What's he doing? He got a rope tied around. And you watch him. He'll pull that thing as hard and tight as he can. He'll tamp it down and get a grip on it. And then he'll grab another handful and pull it up. And I've learned this much about life. Life is not always about technique. And it's not always about the skill level. It's not always about my giftings. It's not always about what I have been blessed with. Whether I overcome or not has a lot to do with what I determine and what I define my life by. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. In our study of overcomers, we've learned a few things, I hope, and I hope I've painted a picture of uh, what an overcomer looks like. Better yet, I hope that you are inspired in your own personal struggles to realize that you're not alone and that just because you have battles doesn't mean that God does not want to bless your life. He does not have good things. I want there to be a realization in us that we have a choice in life to what defines us. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, what is defining you tonight? Amen. Amen. And so we've talked about attitude. We've talked last week about the mindset of an overcomer, what has to influence our thinking and what influences our decisions and our choices and the direction that we move in life. And tonight I want to take you back to Hebrews chapter 4 and I want to go to verse number 14 And I want you to read the admonition of of the writer to the New Testament church. He said, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. Let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast. I want to get in your mind tonight that image of that rider getting ready for that chute to open up. And the most important thing he's concerned about is that he has a grip on the right thing. And not only that, but that grip is the only thing that's going to keep him from allowing that brock or that bull to do to him what it would like to do. Bounce his brain around and relocate his frontal lobe and, and re, 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 reorganize his intestine. That's what life wants to do to, it's like trying to ride that bull. And the key to victory, the key to overcoming is learning how tight To hold on and what to hold on to. Amen. They don't hold on to that bull. Because that bull's moving too much. They hold on to that rope 
that's around that bull because that rope around that bull is the only thing that gives them stability and whatever it takes to make it. I'm going to tell you something. God gave you and I a lifeline. He gave us a word. He gave us a rope to tie around life. And when life is bucking and kicking and we feel like our brains here and there and we don't know whether we're coming or going, when you have a hold of the word of God and you've got that truth rooted down in your heart and you've got a grip on it like the death grip, there is nothing that life can do to you or I that will shake us free from what God intended for us. Paul said it like this, I am persuaded that neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers can separate me from the love of God. Amen. All right. I'm... I'm We'll have to slow down now. Amen. In our text tonight, the writer draws attention to a specific action. When reading over this the past week and musing over, I, I was struck with the thought, why, why did he say this and not something else? Why did he accentuate this particular principle and he not make a big deal about some other thing that we often make a big deal out of. Why didn't he make a bigger deal out of a person's talent? Why didn't he make a bigger deal about our skills? Why doesn't he make a bigger issue out of our faculties? Our abilities, whether we're in in shape or not, whether we have been to the gym and we've been working out and we we, we got the stamina for he he doesn't call on any of those abilities that we often rely on to get us through things. But what he did say, you better make sure you understand, is that you have a grip on the right thing. Amen. Amen. Was it not because those things that we give so much credit to, our talent, our abilities, our gifts, our faculties, they do not determine my victory. They do not determine whether... I am an overcomer because if we had to go by that criteria, I was born on the wrong side of the track. I didn't come from the right education. I may have this disadvantage or that disadvantage. But the fact is, according to God, none of those things are what determine whether I overcome what's in here. And what's in this right here is what's going to be determining whether I ride the bull or not. Or whether I make it through this thing called life. Amen. What I want to give you tonight is an understanding that your birth or your beginning cannot beat you. Amen. They cannot necessarily advantage you either. Your blemishes cannot break you. Your defects cannot destroy you. Your faults cannot make you a failure unless you allow those things to begin defining your life. 
unless you give them the power to have that kind of influence over you. There have been too many people that have had to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and were overcomers, not because of their advantages, but in spite of their disadvantages. Amen. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, he's trying to help you tonight. Amen. You can't prevent, or, or those things cannot prevent you from living the victorious life. Now, to help us understand how important this is, let's go back to the statement. He said, let us hold fast. Now, the, the simple meaning of the word in the Greek means to seize or to lay hold of, to have power to retain something. To be the master of rather than it being the master of you. To get possession of something. To lay hands on it. To get it within the right power. To hold in check or refrain whatever might be against you. It is not to discard it or let it go. Do you get that? I want you to get that clearly. I'm, the reason I used all of that alliteration because I want you to get the significance of what holding on means. When you get a grip on something, it means that I seize it and nothing is going to take it away from me. I'm going to lay hold of it and nothing's going to pull it out of my grasp. I am not going to discard it. I'm not going to lay it down. I am not going to let it go. But I realize that my hold on it is the difference between my victory and my defeat. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's something that I should not play games with. So... I need to get a grip on. But what do I need to get a grip on? What was it that he specifically spoke of that you and I need to lay hold of or hold fast? It was our profession. It was our confession. Amen. Why? Because... There is power in your tongue and there is power in my tongue. The scripture said there is the power of death and life in the tongue. Peter said that it is a world of fire. James said it is a world of fire that sets the whole world afire. He said, with that mouth, with that tongue, we can bless or we can curse. Amen. How did they overcome him in Revelation? The Bible said they overcame the devil. They overcame the wicked one by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What they spoke and confessed. Listen to the power of words. Proverbs, I'm just going to take you through a little journey through Proverbs real quick. And this is just Proverbs. I didn't have time to get them all, but Proverbs 10.20. The tongue of the just 
is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Proverbs 10.31, the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Proverbs 12.18, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Proverbs 15 and 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Proverbs 15 and 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 16.1, the preparation of the heart in man. And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Proverbs 17.20, he that hath a froward heart findeth no good. And he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. Amen. You're going to get what you deserve. That's, that's, that's a huge translation. You're going to get what you confess, what you speak. Proverbs 21, 23, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Nah. Proverbs 25, 23, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance of backbiting tongue. Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. All of those are just an underscore of the power of our words and the power of our tongue. There is power over your life, and there is power over my life by what I speak by what I say, by what I confess, by what I declare, by what I am pronouncing. What you talk about and what I talk about has power over my life. What you confess and what you declare and what you affirm is going to have influence over your life for good or bad. And what I acknowledge, what I give credence to, is going to have influence over my thinking and my life. What you continue to speak, what you continue to 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 reverberate in your life, the sound that you allow to come can determine whether or not you overcome or you are defeated. The devil wants to mess your life up. And I'm going to tell you how he wants to mess your life and my up. Because he wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy the power of your tongue. And he does that many different ways. But one of the most profound ways that he has found to destroy my testimony is for me to do it myself. The Old Testament story of Balaam, the prophet or or, or, the, the, the king called on Balaam to curse Israel. And he took him to all these different places and he couldn't find the right place to curse God's people. You can't find the right curse to, to place to curse what God blesses. He took him here. He took him there. He tried to change his perspective, tried to make it look bigger than it was. And it was all said and done. He said, I cannot 
curse what God has blessed. But Israel wound up being cursed. And you know how? Because Balaam said, I can't curse them because God's blessed them. But they can curse themselves. And you go look at what happened to Israel. They got themselves in trouble because what the devil cannot do to you, you can do to yourself. And we do it by what we allow to come out of our mouth, what we what we profess or what we speak on a continual basis. That's why you need to be careful what you connect to on Facebook or anywhere else in your life. That's why you need to connect with people that are going in the right direction and be around influences that will help point your mind in the right direction. Because what you're around is going to affect what comes out of your mouth. I've told you this before and I confess it and I've repented of it a hundred thousand times over. But years ago when I first came down here and was having to work a secular job, we were build, doing a build out and uh, there was one particular job. We had started very large uh, office construction and, and uh, the, the man was, was, he was, he was a pretty good guy, but he was a, whoo, he was a, he he was a cursor. He cursed like a sailor and worse. I mean, every other word that came out of his mouth. And, uh, I mean, you couldn't be around him and it didn't come out. And so, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm a preacher. I read my Bible. But six days a week of hearing that every other word has a way of working on you, even as a preacher. Now, I know some of you need to put plugs in your ears right now because I'm going to disappoint you to the high heavens. But I came in one day and he started enumerating all the problems. The electrician had done something that grounded the ceiling grid. And every time the guys would try to work on the ceiling grid, they'd get the fire knocked out of them. And he's blankety-blanking this and blankety-blanking that. And the next thing I know... I hate to say it, but there were words that come out of my mouth that I thought I had gotten rid of. I thought I had repented of. Man, I thought I'd forgot them. I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my, he knows I'm a preacher. You can't undo that. Now, please forgive me. That was a long time ago, and I've tried to conquer that. But I'm going to tell you what, life is kind of like that lawnmower that the old boy had, and he put it out in his front yard, and a preacher come by one day and said, Hey, I see your lawnmower. What? Yeah. He said, Man, I'll trade you my bicycle. I need a lawnmower. The guy said, Oh, man, go right ahead. Took his he took his bicycle, the preacher took the lawnmower, he got it home, grass was high, he started trying to make it, you know, start it. He had, and he just pulled until he had wore himself out, never couldn't make it, he, he could not make it start. And he thought, man, I don't know what to do, maybe there's a secret. So he goes back to the guy, he said, man, what's the secret? I can't get this thing to start. He said, oh, it's, it, oh I forgot to tell you, you just have to cuss it. 
He looked at him. He stood back and he said, I want you to know I'm a preacher. I don't use those words. He said, just keep pulling. They'll come back to you. Maybe you didn't want this kind of transparency tonight. But I'm just telling you, when you're on that bull and life's trying to pitch you off, you better know that you've got a grip on something that no matter what life does to you, it's not going to throw you. And some of us have hold of the wrong thing. We hold on to our friends, our, our this or that, our, 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 our skills and our talents, and we're so smart, we know how to do this and that. And we find out that our skills and talents don't get us out of trouble. Many times they get us into trouble. Amen. What I need is something to hold on to. The power over my life is in what we speak, what we say, what we confess. That's why he said, if you're going to be an overcomer, You better know what to hold on to. And that is your confession. Make sure that what's coming out of your mouth are things that are building up and that you are not defining your life by the moment or by the failure or by the shortcoming or by the inabilities or by whatever might be wrong in your life. But I am defining my life by what God says about my life. I'm defining my life by what he has promised me my life could be. I'm going to hang on to this. It's not throwing me. I'm not going to get buffed off. Amen. He would like to destroy your testimony and he wants to tarnish your witness. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that your victory tonight is in your mouth. Amen. Your victory is in your mouth. You can overcome You can whip this. I'm not talking about just the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the power of biblical confession. Amen. Amen. If we confess with our mouth. Amen. What are you saying? Over circumstances right now, over situations, over your abilities. Forget about your abilities. Forget about what you can or cannot do and start speaking. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I am an overcomer. I have been made to be ahead and not the tail. I have been made to be above and not beneath. I have been made and created to better things than I might be experiencing right now. Amen. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say your victory is in your mouth. And so is your defeat. Amen. Lay hold of your profession. My victory is in my mouth. Amen. Don't let life or circumstances or adversities or failures. Failures are not final. Failures are not proof that you're a failure. Failures are just teaching us that that didn't work. Find a better way to make it work. Amen. 
Somebody said, well, you know, I'm never going to be more than this. I'm never going to amount. I'm always going to be this. Be careful what you confess. I would confess I'm an overcomer before I would confess I'm an addict. I would confess I'm an overcomer before I would say anything about what I was. I want to start speaking about what I'm going to be. Amen. I am victorious. I am going to beat this. I am going to be stronger. I want the distinctive sound coming from my life. I want it to be the right sound. And by choosing my words, I'm going to close. You set the tone of your life. By choosing your words, you determine the distinctive sound that emanates from your life. You determine the prevailing characteristic or the shade or coloring of your life of what you allow to come out of your mouth. What defines the quality of your life? What defines the pitch of your life? You ever been around somebody that was off key and they were just singing to the high heavens? I mean, it makes the dog howl, and it makes the cat back up. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. It's like taking a knife and a fork and scraping it and make, makes that sound that puts chills through your body. That's what the power of your tongue has over you. <laughs> yeah. Some of you need to understand where you're at tonight. Come on, let's stand together. You're on your way to victory, not because of what life has done to you, but because of what God has done for you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say, you got to help me be an overcomer. Help me with my words. Help me with the things that come out of my mouth. I want my life defined by the right things. I want them defined by the right possessions. Amen. If I gain the world and I lose my soul, what does it profit a man? If you get everything that the world considers important, but the most important thing you lose Amen. The power of your confession. The power of what you profess. Amen. You ought to go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 28, 29. You ought to read those promises again and again and again. Because they are the root and the foundation for many of the New Testament promises. The things that God has said He would do for us if we will obey Him. Some of you need to tighten that rope up tonight. Some, some of you need to take that and pull it as tight as you can and tamp it down and then pull it a little harder. Because life's not throwing me. It's not kicking me off. It's not going to run over me. It's not going to trample me. You ever see those guys when they do lose their grip? Oh, my word. They get stomped on. Broken bones. There have been a few of them that have been killed. Amen. That's not God's destiny for me. That's not what God's planned for me. And He's told me how to be an overcomer. Just tighten that cinch up a little bit. Just make sure you got a better hold on it. Make sure you've got a good hold on what matters. Amen. 
And what matters is what comes out of your mouth. We are made overcomers by the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb. There's just some things that you cannot discount. And that is the power that comes out of your life when you open your mouth and speak. That's why I want to make sure that there's three things that are connected to my life. I want to make sure that there's three things connected to my life. Number one, I want to make sure that there is the sound of praise. Amen. I want to make sure that there is the shout or the declaration that I am an overcomer. And I want to make sure that there's a whole lot of thanksgiving that goes along with that. It said, God, I'm glad I'm not what I need to be, but I am on my way to being what you want me to be. And I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to turn back. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and thank him for his word tonight. Hallelujah. All right, one more time. I'm going to give you a job to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to say it. You need to shout it. You need to speak it. Amen. You need to declare it. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. Clap your hands. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I better let you go. I've ran too long tonight. The word of the Lord is yours. Do something with it. In Jesus' name.